Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're listening to Underground USA. Here's this morning's segment. On Talk Back with Chuck Wilder is broadcast on CRN Digital Talk Radio. Everybody's talking at me. CRN Digital Talk Radio, Chuck Wilder here, swayed at the network. And we're live across America and around the world at CRNTalk.com. Hey, right now I want to welcome once again Frank Savato host of the Underground USA podcast, which is heard everywhere podcasts are heard. He can be heard twice weekly on the Captain's America Third Watch, syndicated nationally on the Salem and Genesis Communication Affiliate Stations. What is his website, Chuck? It is undergroundusa.com. Hey, Frank, how are you? How are you? Mr. Wilder. (laughs) Mr. Wilder. Gosh, I feel like wearing those uh, suits, you know, with the little tails on them, they call it. You know, it's just, uh, but I don't have one anymore. It, uh, it's a long story. Well, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not taming the, the wild cats at the circus anymore either. <laughs> no, I'm not. No. That's what, yeah. Remember when they always did that, didn't they? Yes. All right. Yeah. Hey, uh, let me ask, uh, I wanted to point out something here, an interesting article I got today in the news uh, before we get into your left is using the issue of guns and abortions to manipulate the people. Uh, interesting, this article, I don't know if you saw it or not, more than one million U.S. voters have switched their party affiliation to the GOP over the past 12 months. Uh, and I'm yeah. trying to find, uh, according to an uh, analysis from the Associated Press, you know, so they're kind of, uh, they're not necessarily neutral, but it's interesting Roughly 1.7 million Americans have changed their party affiliation over the last 12 months. Yes. And that I shouldn't say, surpri- yeah. it, it, shouldn't surpri- it shouldn't surprise anybody. When no. we've, we've said this consistently over all the years that we've been talking, that elections, when the economy is bad, when people feel pain in their wallets mm-hmm. because of what they believe are the policies of the administration in power or the party in power in Congress, everybody seems to shift to during an election to the opposition party because they want something different than what's happening. But changing your party affiliation is a step more. And I believe that's a, a tangible referendum on 
the outward policies of what the progressives are pushing within the Democrat Party. Yeah. You know, pe- people don't want to have their children indoctrinated into ideological stances in, in school. They want their kids to learn to have critical thinking skills. We don't want to walk down, walk down Michigan Avenue in Chicago or, or Fifth Avenue in New York and be accosted by an ideological parade where there's people fornicating on floats. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't care what you do behind closed doors, and I don't care yeah. what you do in, in locations that cater to that kind of stuff. But we did don't... You ever, uh, did you ever reg- listen to country reg- music? I listen to country music now. Yeah, in the, in the good old days when I was a country music disc jockey, right, uh, Charlie... Pride, I think it was, had Behind Closed Doors song. Yep. Very good. Yeah. What you just said just got in my little tiny brain there, and I'd normally save all that space up there for you. But anyway. <laughs> but no, I was, I, was think, yeah. I, I was thinking about this this morning because my, my girlfriend and I were talking about <clears throat> some of the parades that were taking place uh, because it is Pride <laughs> Month. Oh, uh, my it, goodness, yeah. It, it, they had naked bicycle riders going down a main thoroughfare, I believe, in Portland. Now, Portland's, you know, a little cutting edge when it comes to, let's see how far left we can get off the cliff. But people who are confident in themselves and who have legitimate self-esteem don't need to parade their fetishes to everybody for validation. And, And it seems to me that we've raised such a a couple generations that have been getting constant uh, adoration from the powers that be, their parents and the organizations, everybody gets a trophy, everybody gets this, that, oh, and the yeah, other, yeah, yeah. that they need the constant validation. I don't care who you want to sleep with, and I don't care what object you want to insert, but yeah. I don't need to have that jammed in my face all the time. Well, you know, talking, yeah, talking about assert. Let me let me remind the listeners out there. You know, it, I remember now. Maybe bicycles are a, a heck of a lot better now. But <laughs> I remember, and especially if you were a male, you know, and you'd stand up and get that. You're going 100 miles an hour, and all of a sudden, the chain slips off of what was that thing called? The disc, or what was it? Uh, anyway, it was the yeah, thing the, that kept the gear. Yeah. It wasn't the gear. It was actually the, the the chain itself would come off of the round thing that made the wheels go around and around and around, and it wasn't a bus. Anyway, uh, very dangerous, and maybe some of those woke people might woke up if they start going too fast and that chain slips. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, uh, well, it's sounds like you've got a horn yeah. you never had. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, or a siren. You know, yes. I, I, I just, the constant validation that special interest groups need today is, is something that was fostered oh, generationally. And I, you can't say that this, these generations have self-esteem when you need that constant validation. You know, yeah. I, I don't care if, if your organization wants to get together to celebrate something. That's fantastic. But the mainstream, if you look at the percentages of, of the demographics in the mainstream, these are minority groups that are trying to make the minority thought process mainstream, and everybody must accept it, and everybody has to say it's okay, and everybody must, must, must. No, we don't. We live in a free society. We're free individuals, free to make our own choices, and I have the freedom not to 
not to like something too. Yeah. I don't need to be tolerant of something I don't want to be tolerant of. And to force people to say, well, you know, we've decided that putting gerbils into cannons and shooting them across the river is something everyone has to accept. Well, no, I think it's cruel to the gerbil. So I'm going to say no, and you can't force me to think that way. And, and that's where we are today. Special yeah. interests are bullying people into, into accepting, and you must think the way we do. It's not just right. being tolerant. Right. You've got to think the way we demand that you do. And that's, that's totalitarianism. That's it's, un-Americanism. It, it's almost like you now have permission to be crazy. You know, you're not going to be locked up. But never let a crisis go to waste. Schools, guns, abortion. I wonder how long the list is, you know. Lies, lies, lies. I saw a headline. I just kind of skipped it and said, oh, here he goes again, where uh, I guess Biden was definitely saying it's all uh, Republicans' fault with the price oh. of gasoline. Mm-hmm. I thought it was uh, Putin's fault a couple of weeks ago. No, it's- yeah. What isn't isn't Putin the Trump Republican? I thought he I thought he uh, was. I thought that's what they were, they were telling us that for four let years. Let me check years. with uh, with Pencil Neck. You know, uh, whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, okay. and we'll yeah. see. 50, and Chuck Schumer can probably tell us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and like your report in the left is using issues of guns and abortion to manipulate the people. Uh, I think the people are getting wise, but. Let me ask you something. Do you think it's uh, like they're high on something and they don't realize how they're being used, the people that are out there marching and following their – or do you think they really give a damn about abortion and the fact they may have to drive 15 miles out of their way to go get one or 30 miles or 50 miles? You know what I'm saying? I, I think the people who are out in the streets, and this is just my opinion. There's no data behind it. I have it, a but feeling. It, as, it, as, <laughs> as it appears, you know. Uh-huh. Um, I, activists are activists are activists. People who actually need or want the procedure aren't really out there screaming that they need it, marching down the street with a sign. They're seeking out the service wherever they need to seek it out. And now if they have to travel a little bit longer to do it, that's what they'll do if yeah. they've decided to have it. But activists, you know, they're out there screaming about the right that's been taken away. There was never a right to abortion in the Constitution. There was never a law that said it was codified as a right. Rights are not something that are legislated. Rights, rights are under our system of government. They're inalienable, and they've always existed so, you know, people say they took away the right. I heard Nancy Pelosi saying it. It's the first time the Supreme Court's ever taken away a right. <laughs> well, no, no, they didn't. They said it's not our purview. The, the authority goes back to the states. They didn't outlaw right, a right. damn thing. The activists believe the Kool-Aid. They, they believe that they're pushing an ideological bent that any encroachment into the the progression of getting what they want 100% is egregious. And, and that goes against the idea of compromise on which our country was built. And the only you way know, you could compromise is when you recognize a common set of rules, which is the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and, and the amendments to the Constitution. Those are the rules we play by. If, if you don't like the way something's going, you must do the hard work of amending the Constitution. And the, and the framers made it very hard to do that because they didn't want emotionally charged activists like we're seeing in the streets today 
changing everything to where we don't even understand what the Constitution is anymore. So you can't legislate a quote-unquote right. It, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> if, if you want to have something be fundamental in our, in our, in our rule of law, You've got to go through the amendment process. Yeah, I bet you uh, 30%, maybe more, probably more, of those marchers never voted in their life, number one. And I was just thinking, remember, you know, uh, I think it's Washington State or Oregon. I know it's one of the two or maybe both where euthanasia is now used, where if you want to go ahead and have suicide committed upon yourself, that's legal. And one of those two, I think it's uh, Washington State, but I, I'm, I'm not sure. You probably know. Yeah, I, I know. I, I know that Washington State had something. I know Michigan was was batting that around over the net mm-hmm. uh, to see what's going on. Of course, that's where Kevorkian, I believe, came from. Was Michigan? Um, these are things. These are things where the debate needs to happen. Yeah, you know, see, someone, state someone, controlled, state controlled, and that's what they're doing now on and uh, that's on abortions. What it, and, and that's what it's supposed to be because that's the way our country is set up. Yep. Yeah. That's the way our country is set up. The states were supposed to have the most power. They have 50 separate constitutions for our 50 separate states. The compact that they entered in with the federal government was that they clean up all the stuff that's in between so the states play nice with each other. It was never supposed to be a central centralized form of power. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to serve the states. And with the direct election of senators back, uh, you know, back in the early 1900s, that was tossed out the window because now there's nobody in Washington looking out for the states. It's all politics. And if you listen to Nancy Pelosi's comments okay. about, about the overturning of Roe, now we have a politicized judiciary that's radical and, and, and out of touch, and they're unconstitutional. The body that gets to decide per our laws what is and isn't constitutional nancy pelosi is saying it is unconstitutional that's unbelievable steeped in judicial activism and was ineligible to be heard by the supreme court of the united states that's in frank's uh, one of his latest here entitled the left is using the issues of guns and abortions and i threw in schools to manipulate of the people, and they always want to manipulate, manipulate, I'll tell you. Uh, we're going to continue more from Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast, uh, author of six monographs. That's right, examining political and ideological threats facing our country. You can go to undergroundusa.com. Be right back. The woman I have searched for all my life, and that's a really long time when you get to be my age, was addicted to vaping. It was like an appendage in her hand. When she'd get deeply into something or her anxiety level would grow, it was as if she was walking around in a London fog. In our non-smoking culture, when we'd be out, she'd always have to excuse herself to go outside to take a few puffs just to satisfy the craving. So when the good people at Fume approached me to showcase their product on Underground USA, I immediately started researching their product. Fume, spelled F-U-M, with the double dot diuresis over the U, is the all-natural inhaler designed for a better, safer, and natural way to quit cigarettes and vaping. It's a no-smoke, no-vape, 
and no nicotine replacement for the hand-to-mouth habit associated with smoking and vaping. Fume handcrafts wooden inhalers and uses cores infused with plant oils that have been clinically proven to curb cravings. They have flavors like peppermint and conquer with minty notes to simulate menthol cigarettes, and they have other flavors like cozy chai and lemon berry bliss for those who are used to a sweeter experience. And all their flavors are 100% natural, no harmful chemicals, no artificial flavors, and absolutely no nicotine. Whether you're a smoker, an ex-smoker who still struggles with the cravings, or a vapor like the love of my life, Fume is the perfect break-the-habit tool for you. Face it, the only thing you really have to lose is the habit and the cost of that habit, which is both a financial cost and a matter of health. Come on, you know it. So head on over to breathefume.com U-U-S-A and use the promo code U-U-S-A, that's the letters U-U-S-A, to save 10% off your entire order. That's 10% off your entire order, an order that could lead you or the one you love to better health and a little bit more wealth. Go to B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M dot com slash U-U-S-A and use code U-U-S-A. It's better to offer a smoker or a vapor a path to a solution rather than a constant complaint. And if you're like me, if you care enough to be concerned, Fume could help you have more years for the one you've searched for all your life. Go to breathefume, B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M dot com slash U-U-S-A and use the U-U-S-A code today. Gain some days with the one you love. Everybody's talking at me. Chuck Wilder, CRN, <clears throat> pardon me, with my guest. Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast, and uh, discussing his latest, the left is using the issues of guns and abortions to manipulate the people. And uh, it's nice to have friends in high places and even in low places like Chicago, right? <laughs> you quote a good long friend of yours. You want to tell the listener what you, what he, what did he have to say? Yeah, there's a somebody I I went to to grade school and junior high school with and and was remained very close to even in these years who has got a law firm in chicago uh he's dabbles in the in the area of constitutional law and and civil rights uh and during all of the incredible vitriol that was happening on social media after the overturning of roe and i as an aside i i am shocked that even people who believe that they understand the Constitution got this so insanely wrong. Um, my friend writes, folks, the reality is that this decision does not ban abortions. It sends the issue back to each individual state where it should have stayed all along. Despite emotions involved, it's an interesting decision to read, and I think it, it's correct because it reaffirms the Tenth Amendment states, what the Tenth Amendment states, which is that nothing enumerated in the Constitution is reserved for the states or to the people. The federal government, every single day for years, has encroached more and more into our lives, including an increased reliance by presidents on executive orders. 
which are really just a way of circumventing the legislature. Hopefully, this is the start of a trend to limit the growth and expansion of the federal government. And I can't agree with him more. Absolutely. Everything that he said yeah. is, is correct. The, the idea that, that people want to just blast by the fact that the federal government never had the right to rule on, on, on the Roe issue, on abortion, is that's what's stunning to me. It's as if they don't care that this was not supposed to have ever taken place, that the debates needed to happen in 50 different states. Both people on the left and on the right are ignoring the overall, the overarching point here is that the federal government has limits on what it can bestow upon the people legislatively. They can't just say, well, it's an emotional issue, so we need to have legislation on this. No, the Constitution says that's reserved for the states. So if you want to affect the change, you have to do it at the state level. That's what keeps the check and balance on the federal government. And, and my buddy is correct. Mm-hmm. Every day for decades, the federal government has just said, well, we need a law. We need a law. So we're going to create a law. And day after day after day, they transgress what the Constitution says is their authority to even consider a subject. And boy, if you want to if you want to see a lot of laws, you know that's simple for you to check it out. Look at the immigration laws and all of the ones that have been passed, and how now they've just been pushed aside. And a lot of it has to do, I guess, with what your friend brought up, is that executive orders, presidential executive orders. Boy, I wonder how long that's been in uh, in existence, Frank. Any idea how long? They've been able to do these executive orders? They've always been able to do executive orders. Washington gave one, and it was something that was about procedure within the executive branch, which is exactly what an executive order is supposed to be. It wasn't until the 20th century and the mid to late 20th century that that the executive branch started using executive orders to affect regulatory uh, authority. To, to affect legislative authority without going through Congress. So, yeah, wow. you know, Trump was guilty of this just as much as Obama yeah, yeah. was guilty of this, just as much as, as Biden was guilty of this, just as much as, as George W. Bush was guilty of this. When you start ripping off executive orders because you believe things should be a certain way, you're violating the separation of powers to a great yeah. extent. Now, we got to take a break, but uh, after the break, I want to check your fabulous brain. I'm going to put it that way. The FB, yes. And did Trump do an executive order to get out of the WHO, and then the first day with Biden, he turns around and does an executive order that puts us back in the WHO, if it was an executive order? And I have the one and only guy that can answer this question right, you know, within the next five minutes, right? Okay. Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast. It's undergroundusa.com. We shall return. Handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel 
offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere, while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mom's tea. Everybody's talking at me. Chuck Wilder, CRN, with Frank Savato and uh, UndergroundUSA.com. So the question is, Frank, uh, on the executive order on the World Health Organization, where Trump got out of it and uh, Biden put us back in it, was that an executive order as far as you know? Yes, I believe it was, and that's within the purview because we don't have a treaty that needs to be um, that needs to be certified by the Senate. So, in other words, if if it's not a treaty, then that's an exception where you can't do an executive order. Is that right? Well, I mean, treaties have to be ratified. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about the, the Paris, Paris right. Climate Accord, things like that. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to, we're supposed to be ratifying that through the Senate. And instead of doing that, making it something that we are we are legitimately attached to, the administrations themselves have just been adopting the policies. So with the World Health Organization under under Trump, as opposed to to Biden, and then again, uh, as opposed to Obama, it was the policies that they put in place that aligned with the World Health Organization. It wasn't so much that there was an executive order that we are bound to the world health organization by by some sort of agreement or treaty yeah we just adopted their policies we yeah yeah, we adopted their policies which is almost exactly the same when you allow executive branch agencies and departments and commissions to have the regulatory power of legislation which is which is another thing the supreme court is going is is has ruled on this decision or this session but hasn't announced yet is whether executive branch agencies and departments, if the regulatory process hasn't violated the separation of powers, that's going to be the biggest decision that comes out of this court this session. The separation of power. All right, remember that there, listener, because uh, Frank, he'll have his thumb right on that one, I know, and say, Chuck, well, I cancel mean, everything I mean, we were going to do. Yes, go ahead. I mean, I mean, think about the implications of, of a decision that if, they're, if, if the decisions are following the path that they're already on, they're deferring to the Constitution, which means the separation of powers must be noticed and adhered to. So if they rule against, and I believe it's the EPA, <clears throat> this thing is about the EPA, if they rule against the EPA and, and the regulatory power that they're, they're wielding as with legislative power, and they say, no, you can't create legislation or, or regulations that have the weight of legislation. That's the purview of the legislative branch. It's got to go through Congress. You've got to make a law before you can have a regulation that, that imposes the weight of law on, on the people. Imagine what, what is, uh, how small business is going to be released from chains. I, imagine how the oil industry is going to be released from chains. All of these regulations that the EPA puts on the people, it's under the guise of a very loosely written law that doesn't specifically say that this is what is being mandated. These are regulations they've decided to create to adhere to what the administration wants. That's where the separation of powers blur is happening. 
So if they rule against the EPA, you're you're one breath away from from reexamining the the bastardization of the Commerce Clause, which would be a huge victory for the Constitution. Hmm. Wow, unbelievable. Uh, let's turn to the firearms, okay? Because uh, uh, you mentioned here about the ruling in New York's uh, proper case requirement violates the Fourteenth Amendment by preventing law-abiding citizens with ordinary self-defense needs some exercising their Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms in public for self-defense. And the head title is, If State Sovereignty is the Reason Why, Doesn't It Apply to Firearms? There's a big difference between, and this is another argument that's raging on social media uh-huh. and which, which exhibits the level of constitutional illiteracy that we, that we have in our society today. The big difference between the overturning of Roe and, and the, the overturning of the New York state law that said that you have to jump through hoops in order to be able to exercise your Second Amendment rights right. is that the right to bear arms is codified in the Constitution specifically. They, there, you know, there it is, Second Amendment. The right to bear arms shall not be infringed. It can't be any clearer. Yeah. But the issue of abortion the was one. <laughs> they didn't put the word yeah. unless after infringe. Yes, go ahead. And, and, and they didn't say may either. There's a difference right. between shall and may and shall and might. Shall means is a directive. You will or you won't. Where may and might gives wiggle room ah, to the yes. states because now it can be interpreted. So shall not, shall not be infringed infr- is an order. You know. So the difference between the decision on the guns and the abortion decision is because abortion isn't in the Constitution. They cloaked it under, under uh, the right to privacy. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said it's a horrible piece of legislation, never should have been ruled on. It's not the way it should have been. But they don't talk about that. Right now they're just castigating Ruth Bader Ginsburg because she didn't retire in time for for Obama to be able to appoint yeah. uh, appoint someone to have the balance of power and and right there that illustrates the selfishness of the left it's not about the law it's not about the constitution it's about whether they win and get their way yeah thank god what's his name garland that they tried to put oh. in as the supreme court you know look what he's doing now as attorney general uh just goes to show you boy that was luck <laughs> that we didn't yeah, we, get we, we dodged a bullet with that because yeah. he has proven to be a, a, a in, intensely political creature yeah. in an area of government that's not supposed to be about politics. Well, I, I got to disagree with you. We didn't uh, dodge a bullet. We dodged a machine gun. <laughs> well, yeah. We, yeah, yeah, really. yeah I, I, thought, I thought those were banned. <clears throat> yeah. Boy, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. machine guns. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> You know. Is that where the guns come out, uh, AOC asked? Yes. I just made that up, by the way. Is that where the yeah, guns um, come out, out of a machine, guns? Yeah, okay. Yeah, and you know what? I did, as, you know, There are stranger things in comments like that that tend toward the truth. I don't, uh, I don't trust that her intellect is above believing something like that. Well, and now I'm going to turn to what you and I, I think we discussed it uh, last week or the week before, uh, Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution, you say the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights are not, as one social media ignoramus put it, 
vaguely worded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, this was this was a, a discussion again on in the aftermath of Roe. Um, mm-hmm. This person and I've known her for a very very long time. I, I used to hold her in 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 high regard where her intellect was concerned, and now it's to the point where wow, you've really you've really let yourself go when it comes to keeping up on knowledge. Well, she's um, not going to ask she, you if you want to dance anymore, right? Oh no. Oh, okay. No, no I'm, I'm not. I'm not getting invited to anything. I don't think. Okay. <laughs> um, she insisted that the Constitution was vaguely worded. The Constitution, and she said that in context with it changes to fit the times. No, that's not correct. Even in the in in the weirdest sense of of the meaning of the phrase, it's specifically worded. There is no wiggle room in the words used in the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And the Constitution doesn't change to fit the times. It is written to apply to all time because it talks about inalienable rights that were, that were bestowed in a natural state by our creator through natural law. And so when you don't understand that the Constitution doesn't morph, that the Constitution is crafted in a way that is cogent and relevant in any era at any time when you don't understand that when you when you drink the kool-aid of of the progressive read fascist movement of the early 20th century going into fdr continuing through lbj and resurrected under obama and biden you know when you think the constitution can just change because your emotions say it has to change then you exist constitutionally illiterate and, and so we have to go in, people who, who understand the brilliance of the Constitution and how it was written, we have to ask our governors to employ nullification in the short term so that they can, they can push back against unenumerated edicts coming out of the federal government, and in the long term to right this ship for good, at least for the foreseeable future, we need to engage in a convention of states. And I know that makes a lot of people on the right, you know, the hair stand up on the back of their neck because they yep. think there can be a runaway constant or a convention, but there can't. There can't. But please go to the website and read about it before you decide one way or another on it, because the website conventionofstates.org, which I am not affiliated with, it, it it explains the process very well. And I, in my heart of hearts, I believe anybody with a clear mind who has a love for the Constitution, once they're finished reading it and consuming everything, all the information that that organization has to offer, when you see who's backing it, Thomas Sowell, Ron DeSantis, yeah, you, you, I mean, the list goes on, Rand Paul, the list goes on and well, on see, and on just and on. Those, just those two should tell you it's something. But, you know, I have a couple of guests, man. I mean, they are so diehard against it, you know. Uh, seriously. Well, there's been a lot of money coming out of yeah. the Clintons, Soros, the big machine, big government, and the deep state that is propagandizing against this, stoking fear about 
oh, the Constitution will be destroyed if it happens. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the, the main, main talking point from these people. Let me ask you, the con- uh, conventionofstates.org, right? Right. Is it uh, 112 pages long, or tell me? Uh, no, it's a, you can get through it in a sitting. I mean, it's not. There's nothing incredibly complex here. Right. Even the okay. history, even the history of this, just gets into what's in Article Five in the Constitution, which says there's two ways to amend the Constitution. One is through Congress, and one is through the states. This is the through the states option. Mm, okay. And and all of the points that are going to be addressed in any convention. That has to be up front when each of the states signs on to having the, the convention. It's not that they get to a place and then decide what they're going to do. This is the parameters for what we get to discuss. So th- that's something yeah. that people don't understand. This is a set group of, of amendment ideas going into the convention that don't go beyond that barrier. So if, if you sit down for 10 minutes and, and, and seriously give your attention to the information on that site, you will be doing yourself a great deal of good when it comes to understanding what a convention of states entails, what it can achieve, and why it was put into the Constitution. Because the power rests with the people. And when the federal government itself gets so corrupt that they won't do things yes. like, oh, I don't know, stop sure. spending money they don't have, and invoke term limits, which 80% of the people in the United States want, then we have the power to force that upon them through a convention of states. You know, and, you and, I were, yeah, you and I were talking about it a couple of weeks ago or last week uh, on the convention. I think it was two weeks ago. And, I mean, it's, it's interesting how everything we talk about, you know, look what they're doing right now and look what we had to do with this and do and do that. And uh, there is a way to fix it, all right? So uh, I'm going to check it out and do it. Normally I'm just listening to you and whoever wants to give me all the information on it, you know. And even your your attorney friend from Chicago, who's who's all behind it, uh, was talking about executive orders, too. I'll get back. Go ahead. What were you going to say? The the one thing that I, I insist that everybody do, and I, and I think it's so very important in this day and age when when nefarious forces are propagandizing to the point of poisoning truth beyond recognition, is don't take my word for it. Don't take Chuck's word for it. Don't take my attorney friend's word for it. Go to first source material and make up your own mind. Gather the knowledge Read first source material on this stuff and make up your own mind. Because once you're educated on a subject, you can accurately talk about it with other people. And you start to see where the nefarious forces are coming in trying to manipulate you. Because we haven't, because we've been relying on news, and because a lot of people still rely on social media for their information, Mm -hmm. we are ripe for being manipulated by power brokers. And, you know, listener, like, you have to believe certain things, I say. I told you that Biden, in his little slogan, he misspelled the last word, you know, (laughs) build back better. It's actually B-A-N-K-R-U-P-T, build back bankrupt, all right? You just see, sometimes I'm really 
just almost right on, you know. But there is another big lie I always do. You know, I say, oh, it's time for a break. We'll be back in a minute. It's always at least four minutes. You know, come on. Come on, man. <laughs> and let me hang on. Let me check my slip here. Uh, okay, number three. Uh, Frank Savato is his guest name. Frank Savato, we're going to have to take a break in about 20 seconds here, and then we're going to be back and wrap things up. Yes, the, I'm reading my wilder list <laughs> boy that list is something else that uh, he got caught holding up i don't know but uh, and all all presidents get a little tiny list you know from the guy like hey coffee break 15 minutes or whatever but you don't hold it up in front of the camera hey frank savato is going to be back and we're going to wrap things up in four minutes or less and don't forget that website undergroundusa.com Just a few years back, I had two of the most unique and personable dogs I had ever encountered. God rest their souls. Riley and Coulter. I named them after Bill O'Reilly and Ann Coulter. And you can take that whichever way it suits you. Riley, the larger male of the brother-sister pair, they were Beagle, Jack Russell, and a Pomeranian mix, would eat a boiled can if I put it within striking distance. So I was always on the lookout for something that would be nourishing, but wouldn't make him into a blimp. Coulter was the complete opposite. It was like trying to guess what Cleopatra wanted for dinner each day. Needless to say, the task of finding something store-bought fell through the wayside, and I ended up cooking for both of them. My friends thought I was insane. To that end, I wish our new sponsor's product would have been around back then. Sundays for Dogs is real food, not kibble. It's real food for dogs, formulated by a vet with only the highest quality fresh meat, vegetables, fruit, and superfoods. Made in the USA at a USDA human food facility. It's then air-dried to perfection into fresh dog food that's shelf-stable and affordable. It's 40% less expensive than leading fresh brands. Not that Riley would have needed it, but Sundays for Dogs elevated a dog's excitement about eating because it's real food, the same food that we eat. It helps manage weight, increases energy, and produces a softer coat and better digestion. Starting at just $2 a day on average, if you can keep your Riley away from the bag... It's all-natural, real, raw, whole food that tastes like a treat, but it's actually a completely balanced and nutritious meal. And with a hassle-free money-back guarantee, it's a no-risk try. Plus, when you order online, enter the promo code UUSA, the letters UUSA, to receive a 35% discount on your first order. Go to sundaysfordogs.com. And be sure to use the promo code UUSA to receive 35% off your first order. Do it for your Riley and Coulter. Not Bill and Ann, of course. I don't think they would care. Sundaysfordogs.com Everybody's talking at me CRN, Chuck Wilder with Frank Savato. Hey, Frank, there was a news article I had today. I want to give this to you real quick. Wisconsin state lawmakers last week were unable to conduct a special session because of a swarm of abortionist activists flooded the state legislature. The governor had to quickly end the session because of the disruption, but because these 
abortionists interfered with the session last week, it ended immediately. A group of radicals storming a Capitol building to stop the government from doing its job, question mark. Now, I'm sure the police arrested all these activists, threw them in jail immediately. There's no possible way liberals could get away with this, right, in the light of January 6th. And then it goes on, something tells me none of these protesters will be facing punishment. Yes. Isn't that amazing? We we didn't see, we saw a selective enforcement of the laws about protesting outside Supreme Court Justice's house, too. Not only Uh only state laws in Virginia, but the federal laws have forbid it as well. Like in your article, if we don't get it, burn it down. Every city, every town, burn the precinct to the ground. That's a wonderful poem they came up with, huh? No, you know, yeah. everybody has the right to protest. That's right. That's that's the beauty of the United States, and free speech allows idiots like that to say that. You know, these were those were Antifa people, by the way, outside the Supreme Court, and they identified as Antifa. So, you know, when uh, that's yeah, anti-fascist yeah. is the is the hypocritical title of of the century, as far as do I'm not go concerned. to jail, pass go. Yes. Well, we won't, but we won't see that because we have a, a duplicitous judicial system that's been politicized. So where the January 6th people, some of them who, you know, they weren't violent, they didn't kill anybody, they didn't break anything, yeah. they were just inside the Capitol building, some of whom have been arrested and who have, and who have been detained without due process right. since January 6th of, of 2021. A lot of medical problems not being treated. Yeah. You know, those uh, those people are political prisoners as far as I'm concerned. But you have little fascists like this in the streets who don't understand the Constitution, who, who are screaming for violence against people who are elected and appointed to office, and, and we don't have our government doing what it's mandated to do as far as, far as law enforcement is concerned. And those people, That's Frank, perfect. if you really stop and think about it, they probably would have been better off if they were in Guantanamo, right? Well, they would have been treated better. They would have gotten yeah. the medical, the medical stuff that they need. You know, um, right. you know, we've got to get the, politi- the the politics out of the judicial branch and out of out of the justice system, the way it is, because it's destroying uh, the, the rule of law. We don't have it anymore. We have we have the rule of man, and that's exactly yeah. what Adam said we shouldn't have. Wow. You know, I'll we have you. to be a nation. We have to be a nation of laws, not a nation of men. And right now, when you can use emotion to to gin up uh, legislation that transgresses the enumerated powers of the Constitution at the federal level, we are a nation of men, and we are not a nation of laws. Yeah, it's it, it, uh... it's just clear. <laughs> and it's so easy. I mean, you know, it, it's like when you buy a bicycle or a toy wagon or whatever, it comes with instructions, right? And we got them a long time ago for the United States of America. But some people say, no, let's put the front wheel on the back wheel and let's put that spoke, let's put the kickstand on the other side. There's, there's reasons for everything. And there's a reason Frank is here, and that's because he's one of the best. Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast, and uh, the other one, the Captain's America Third Watch. Okay, that's twice weekly syndicated nationally on Salem and Genesis Communications. Uh, Thank you, Frank. Look forward to our next visit, sir. Talk to you next time. Thanks, Chuck. All right. Thank you very much, Slade. Thank you for listening, and God bless the United States of America. Please like the episode on the platform you're listening to us on. Leave a comment if it lets you. 
and share us with your friends and family. Our influence grows when you share our podcast. And don't forget to sign up for our Substack, which comes directly to you, subverting the interference of the Internet gatekeepers and social media censors. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. We'll be right back after this. Hey, this is Judson Carroll with the Southern Appalachian Herbs Podcast. My new book, Growing Your Survival Herb Garden for Preppers, Homesteaders, and Everyone Else, is really for everyone. No matter where you live, whether you're in a homeowners association or you have a nice big farm, or even if all you have is a balcony and an apartment, you can grow the herbs you need for your health, for your family's health, and be ready to face any circumstance that comes your way. I make growing herbs easy, practical, and fun, actually. So look for this book. It's on Amazon if you want a print copy, or you can contact me directly for an ebook. Find me at judsoncarroll.com. Thanks, and I know you'll enjoy this. Book. 